we know that we are compelled by Christ to move beyond just these four walls as a church. And we want to be a church that continues to look beyond our walls with the love of Jesus to bless the socks off this community. And as a church, we feel led to be a church that is for the good of our city. Um, all right, let's get started with what we're talking about today, you guys. Um, many of you know, if you've been around the church for a while, that, that I've had this mentor in my life for 20 years. I've talked about him all the time, a guy named Jim Rabin. He died about three years ago. He was a psychiatrist in Boulder. And, and for 20 years, I got to learn from him. And, and he spoke into my life. He spoke into me as a dad and me as a, as a pastor and, and to me as a, as a, as a, as a husband. And, and, and so I got to learn so much from him. Well, while I met with him, I was also asking him, teach me about relationships. I want to learn more. I want to grow from what you um, have learned through all of your years. And so he would tell me about just some of the themes that he saw when, when people would come into his office. One of the things that he shared that stuck with me was he said, he said the, one of the struggles people have is he says they, they put so much weight, they put a disproportionate amount of weight on their past or their future, and they're missing their present. They put so much weight on their past that they're going, I, I'm thinking about my yesterday, I'm not thinking about my today. He said when, when, when a college student would come to see him, he said most of the time they'd put their weight so much on their future and their worries about what's gonna happen next and wh what kind of job am I supposed to get, where am I gonna live, that they're missing their present. He said when couples would come in and meet with him, he said so many times they would look back at their past and they'd, they'd look at their regrets of their past and they'd look at the things that they were sh shameful of or that they were guilty of. And, and so he says they, they spend so much time with weight on the past that they miss their present. He said some of those, those people, even when it was good things, they look back saying, oh, I wish it was like it was before and they miss their present. He said when, when some of the, the older folks that, that, were, that he'd meet with would come in, he said sometimes they would be so fearful of what is next, whether it's health issues or it's, it's issues of life and death. He says there'd be so much of that that they're missing their present. And so Jim said that, that what, he's, what he tried to coach them on and what he tried to walk with all, he said this was happening to most people. And he says so he tried to coach him on his 80-10-10 principle. That he wants, to, he wants people to live 10% in their past that they can learn from, not live in it, but learn from it. 10% in their future that they can have hope for, but 80% right here in their present that they can be both present and engaged. So he said, that's, that's, I, I worked with people for years and years. How do you live? 10, 10, 80. And so then he walked with me in that. And I tried to apply that as much as, I've, as I can to my life. 80, 10, 10, how do I be present and engaged today and not think so much about what was happening yesterday or worry about what's gonna to happen tomorrow? So that's, so Jim unpacked that stuff for me. Well, as I've tried to live to that, I've also wanted to see, does it square up with scripture? I wanna make, cause I want, I want the, the word of God to be the, the light into my path. And so I wanna make sure that it's squared up with scripture. 
But here's where scripture can be confusing. And this is the whole series that we're on, the paradoxes of scripture on going, is it contradictory? Is it complementary? Uh, how clear is it? When you look at passages of scripture, you can see things like this from Isaiah 46. Remember your history, your long and rich history. You, it's talking, hey, okay, remember your past. But then it's saying, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward to Christ Jesus. Now we're talking about past, present and future. And then the one that many people know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. Well, wait, wait. That's definitely talking about the future. And so what does God, does, does this 80-10-10 fit? Well, the more we looked at it, the more I studied it, the more you start to go, wow, it does play out this way. And this is what we want to talk about a little bit today is it plays out 80-10-10, learning from our past, hope for our future. And then what is today bringing and how am I engaging with today? You guys, what I want to do this morning is I want to look at it in light of just the news that we got on Thursday with our church. I want to look at it in light of our church and just go, what has happened over the 10 years, 10 years of Ascent Church? What can we learn from that that will help us to, to both have a hope for the future and that we can walk with great confidence in the present that we, and we can engage in that in the present? So I want to look back. we got a great opportunity to look back so that we can then look forward. So, Father, I pray that you would, you would bless this time this morning and um, both for us individually as we think of our own lives, 80-10-10, how much do we disproportionately weigh one over the other? And, Lord, I pray also that we'd look at it as a church. We are the church together. And how can we learn from your faithfulness in the past so we can walk with confidence today and with great hope for tomorrow. So we pray that you would bless this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So let's take a good look at the past. But you guys, the way I cannot do that by myself, I can't, I can't just stand up here and say, let me, let me tell you some stories of the past. I got I to gotta have somebody else come up here and share it with me. And today we get the opportunity to welcome up somebody that has his fingerprints all over this place. That, that was, in, I mean, literally with the grommets on the curtains. You know, a lot of times he would do those things and then me and Chris would have to fix them. But um, he, he, he at least had his fingerprints on them. You guys, let's give a huge, huge ascent welcome to our old co-lead pastor, Jim Candy, today. <laughs> you guys should have seen it. Jim tried to put this curtain up. And he put it at such the wrong angle that Chris and I spent the rest of the day going, well, that's Jim. He didn't know what he's doing, but we'll fix it. So. <laughs> Whose ideas do you think curtains were in the first place? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I just put Bill to work for me on all that stuff. So good job, man. Yeah. Oh, man. It's good to have hold, you back. Hold on. One thing. Like, I, I don't know that people actually grasped as much as they should have. Construction starts tomorrow. Honestly, honestly. Did you all hear that? Honestly. That's kind of a big deal. It is. Well, Jim, I mean, you're back. You've been gone oh, for three years. Uh, four. Well, the pandemic started four years ago. So I, I really haven't been in an ascent 
like environment like this too much for four years. You've been you've been helping people. Uh, you, you've been walking alongside other church planters since then, to help, helping them get started with the things that we learned. You've been doing pretty good in real estate. I saw on Facebook that you uh, actually uh, you got some award or something like a most improved or what'd you what'd you get? I don't know. <laughs> Rookie of the year. I don't know. <laughs> So, hey, I mean, if you're doing well there, I know where 10% of that can go. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know how this guy thinks, man. It's like, go, Jim, sell lots of houses. Yes, yes, yeah. and then, come on, come on, you owe me. <laughs> See how you work. Uh, when you look back at this, just what's a story? Just, uh, you, you got so many you could share. Give us just something, one I don't little know, story. I don't know why, but one of the funniest, like, stories to me, and it may not be funny to any of you, but it was funny to me. Uh, do you want to know what we were doing the night before our first Easter? <laughs> so this is about 10 years ago. <laughs> the night before our first Easter. Like, picture all the pastors in pastor land across this country. They're all, like, asleep in their beds with, you know, Easter bunnies in their heads. And they're thinking about their sermons. And this was week number three for us in this building. Yeah. And we were scrambling. I mean, we had worked like 80-hour weeks. Like We got our CEO like three days before it. It, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So things are insane. So finally, it's like 11 o'clock at night, night before Easter. The church had doubled in size since we had moved from the hotel over here. So we had our hands full. And we're getting ready to go home. We walk out the door. We're in that entryway, and we smell smoke. And I look at Bill, and I'm like, dude, that's the, we can't just leave. Something's not right. There's smoke in here. And so we start sniffing around, and finally we figure out, like, if you go into the entryway over there and look up, there's actually, like, a place above there that you can climb into. And we're like, I think something's on fire up above in the entryway out here. And so we pull up that little garage door that's out there, and I, we get a ladder out, yeah. and I don't know, you made me go up there. <laughs> of course. So, so I climb up there, and you guys, I get up there, and no kidding, there's just two sparking wires. Just And it's just like Yeah, yeah, and I think there was a puddle of water yeah. under it, too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is not good. Or like, not good. So Bill, like down there, I'm like, Bill, there's sparking wires up here. What do we do? And Bill's like, uh, I have no idea. Like, he's like, is there like an on and off switch? And, and you laugh. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like, there's going to be an on and off switch. You guys, up there, I look over, there's a switch. There's a random switch <laughs> above the entryway. And I walk over and I turn it off. And the sparking wires stop. <laughs> and I climbed down and I'm like, I guess we're ready for Easter now. Yeah. You know? And that, that was our first Easter. You yeah, know? we've done a lot more to protect you guys since then. So thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm sure there's tons of problems, right? No. One of the fun things for, for, for Jim and I, for you guys that are new, is, is um, we, a lot of times what we said was, was God protected this place from us. Um, you know, both of us can be stubborn. Both of us can have a vision that can go in different directions. We could have been at each other a lot, but instead there was so much respect uh, for what, who Jim was and Jim's respect for me. And, and so it, it, it really, really worked for, for those seven years together. The only thing that, was, that didn't work is that Jim is ultra competitive. Well, I am just like, hey, it doesn't matter, everything. So Jim is ultra competitive. Yeah. And so he'd always need to win, whether it's a prediction for numbers or whatever it was. 
we did this thing called guerrilla warfare where we'd have this grill off between the two of us. He always needed to win. In fact, here's a little preview of the, of the uh, of guerrilla warfare that we did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then I won every that is single so year. not true. Jim won once. Oh god. And the only reason he won is because he cheated and he brought he brought French toast casserole to oh, a grill off. Hey. And you guys all loved it. You, and so he won. You do what you gotta do to adapt and win. <laughs> and so Oh my gosh. So, you know, it's, it, we, we start, when we first got started here, you guys, we um, we had a vision. God gave us a, a vision for for what where we could go as a church and what we want to do as a church. And, and I tell you what, what's really cool 10 years later is that vision hasn't changed. We still have that same vision. Now we've changed, but, but the vision hasn't. And we wanted to show you guys, this was the video that we, sh we shared at the very beginning when we first started Ascent when we had a launch team of people that first got started saying, here's where we think we can go as a church. So, so watch this. People ask all the time, why would the world need another church? You know, you think about it, it's a fair question. Why wouldn't we just spend our time and energy and money working on churches that already exist and making them more effective? But you know, that doesn't take into account what God is doing for some reason with churches today. Churches that are new tend to attract disproportionately more young adults than existing older churches. Or what about the fact that new churches tend to have new Christians at about three times the rate of older churches. Those are things you can't ignore, and this matters. It matters because we are living in the most unchurched time in American history. You know, it's especially discouraging among young people. About one-third of all young adults under the age of 30 report no religious preference. This is a really young area, about 15 points higher in terms of being young than the national average. If you took the Boulder-Denver corridor and you drew a 25-minute driving circle around that area, there's about 600,000 people in that area. Three out of four of them are under the age of 44. It's young, it's entrepreneurial, it's irreligious, and it is growing. You think about this, in the next 10 years, about a million more people are expected to move into the front range of Colorado. I ask you this, what kind of churches will be waiting for them? We have a big dream. It's a God-sized dream. We believe God is calling us to plant not just a church, but a network of churches spread around the front range. We want churches that are big enough to make an impact, take risks and dare to impact our communities, but small enough to care about people, our communities, 
and help people to serve how they're gifted by God. We have taken a leap of faith with this, and, and we know that. But I'll tell you what, we've been thinking about it being this big vision for us, but really we're stepping right into the middle of God's vision. And we've already seen Him at work in so many powerful ways. And the reality is, is we need other people to step in there with us. We need some people to come alongside and say, let's do this thing. Let's make an impact in this community. Think of my neighborhood. And I think of those people that have options of different churches that are out there, but are still choosing not to go. How do we give them places where we can meet them in the midst of their lives and their house? How do we get there and say, you need to know Jesus? That's why we got to do this. Man. I mean, I mean, really, truly, that vision hasn't changed. Like I said, there's, there, a little bit has changed. You need to throw that next picture up there real quick. A little bit has changed. I hate you so much. <laughs> I, I, honestly, like 10 years and like I get so stressed out by it all that I have no hair left. And the dude looks the same as he did 10 years. I, I honestly hate you. I'm done talking about this. <laughs> Um, um, when you look at that video, Jim, you, you've done a lot of work now with other churches since you've left here. And, and um, what's accurate still? What's the, what, what part, when, you, when the statistics that you were reading off um, from that video, what, how much has changed in, in that? I mean, I would say that um, most of that, from my understanding, is still very similar. Uh, I would say if there's anything that's changed about the Front Range, uh, especially in the Boulder area, maybe has aged a little bit just as things get more, especially since the pandemic, since things are so more expensive, right? And you're all paying for that now with your taxes. Um, but I'd say it's gotten a little bit older and actually Colorado is not growing as much as it used to. I mean, it, so the, it's flattened out a little bit, but in terms of like new churches and what new churches do, uh, you guys, new churches are huge because they, um, they come at things freshly in a way that is so vital, and they actually make existing churches better too. Mm. And so, so that has not changed, and I think that will always be true because even the churches that you see like in the New Testament where these letters are getting written to, they're not there anymore. Yeah. New churches came along and replaced those churches in a really healthy way, and so that is still true, yeah. very much so. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because you think about us being 10 years old, and you go, so now we're no longer a new church, but the thing I th hopefully that you have felt in the time that you've been here, whether it's been a month or it's been 10 years, is we still want that kind of pioneer spirit and that we weren't settlers, we're pioneers. We want to keep pressing. We want to be, I still think of us as a church plant. I mean, because I just feel like we're, we're we, we want to still hold on to those things and going, how do we reach people, help them to see that this is a place that is accessible for them and that they, and that we can walk alongside everyone's stories. That's been part of it from the beginning. And I hope it's still a part of it today. Um, when, when people ask us, how did we do it? You know, because church plants come and go. I don't, what's the, you know what the statistic of, of church plants? I mean, like nationally, about 80, 85% of church plants fail uh, within their first few years, usually because they just can't find enough people or money. Yeah. Um, you know, if churches have some good things in place like we did, then it's much higher, but the stats aren't great. Yeah. Churches. And, 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 you know, and you think, and people ask us then, how did you guys do it? And, and really what our answer was, was we got out of the way. 
There were so many times where Jim and I felt like we, we thought we had a direction and God kept saying, no, we're going to go here. Every time we said, said, you know, I think that this is what we should do. God's saying, no, this is what we should do. We got out of the way and God just kept blessing it in, in the ways that, he, that God wanted to bless it instead of the way we wanted to go. Like I wanted to name, yeah, I mean, I wanted to name this ascent. And uh, oh, that's Bill, so not true. Bill, Bill wanted to name it something else. He Aspen wanted Grove. Aspen Grove Community Church. You guys, how boring would that have been? Uh, gosh. So maybe it's I that got out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, and even in this building, you guys, the building itself, Jim and I wrote all the different places we thought we would, the ascent would end up being. We thought it would be down in Thornton. We thought it would be in Westminster. We saw a building down on 104th and Church Ranch that we thought for sure was going to be our space. We were, read, we were looking for it, ready to, to try to, to put a commitment down on something. And then this place opened up. And, um, and man, we got it. We're going to have one more video because we got to show you what happened the week that this place opened up, okay? So this was ten, nine and a half years ago here at this Sam's Club. How about this place? This place would be perfect. It's the perfect location, right on McCasson and Louisville. It's, it's a perfect inside. We could do all kinds of stuff. If, if we could get this place, we'd be set. Before the sun was up, back when the east was a fire of gold, just waiting for the Hey everyone, we're standing in the new home of Ascent Community Church. This is, this is crazy, and I'm going to tell you a story on how we got it, because it involves you. So come on inside, and I'll show you. This is the old Sam's Club on McCaslin in Louisville. Not bad size, I think the building's about three acres. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to use three acres, but we'll use, you know, maybe 20,000 square feet of the space, but... Um, here's, here's the story, and it's, I think, one of the most miraculous things, honestly, I've ever seen God do. Uh, at our last service, uh, we showed that video and asked you to pray that God would somehow um, kind of give us a space to meet, and uh, within 24 hours, we somehow had connected with the new owners of this building that sat here for four years empty. And we were over here talking to them then on Monday after the service. They agreed to rent it to us that day at an amazingly generous rate. And, um, you know, we were, we were really concerned then. We were just thinking there's no way the city's going to go for this. And uh, the first word we got was it would probably be about six months. And long story short, um, by miracle, it worked out to the point where I had this the key to Sam's Club uh, on my keychain by Wednesday and that was 72 hours after uh, we as a church had prayed about it so really miraculous we're you can probably tell I'm pretty giddy I'm really excited I think it's gonna be a great home for us incredible space for worship and kids and community gathering we want to make the space uh, somewhere that just screams stay here and get to know people and have lunch and watch the game and let your kids play. And, uh, that's, that's a huge uh, kind of dream of ours. So, uh, so there it is. Uh, we want to invite you today after the service to come join us over here for lunch. That's our field trip. And um, we're going to have some pizza here. And so come join us and we'll give you a little bit more of a tour. And we want to get your ideas on how do we make this space great. Mm.
Man. Wow. Hey, tears, I get teary when I watch it. No, it's, it's so crazy. God's faithfulness is, is just, whenever you're, we're seeing kind of the hard things that are coming, and then God just continues to be faithful, and we've just seen that through these last 10 years. He just continues to be faithful. When you think about it, what's just one? I know there's so many that you and I can both share. What's a story of God's faithfulness that you, that you think back at? Honestly, for me, <clears throat> as I now not being in a pastoral role and looking back at 20 some years of it and thinking specifically about the ascent years. For me, seeing that this church was used by God to help especially younger people understand, know, love, and trust Jesus with their lives, uh, to decide, be going down maybe one path and decide to turn and go down a different path toward Jesus and live their lives for Jesus, to give their lives to Jesus. To see that in young people uh, who's 16 years old, 17 years old. I love adults too, don't get me wrong. But when a young person who's still trying to figure out who they are and where they're gonna go with their life decides to base their life on something that is never gonna move on them, and now they're gonna go through the rest of their lives with that advantage, with God leading them, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> so that's why, that's, that's what I love the most about how God's used this place. When I, when I think of it, um, it, I just think of how many walls of impossibility were right in front of us. And uh, whether it's to get into this place, I think about the 96th Street property and, and how for those of you guys that are around for a while, we know that we were going in that direction and just walls of impossibility that were there. And God kept saying, no, I, it, it feels like you're stopping, but I'm just, we're going to go this direction instead. Uh, you know, even, even after you left, I mean, I just, the, well, while you were here, the pandemic, you know, which to a young church, the pandemic knocked out a bunch of young churches. It was a wall of impossibility and, and um, for God to say, we're going to go this way. It was hard. I mean, shoot, you guys, doing those videos um, while you were at home, we were, we were filming sermons on the roof and, and, you know, filming sermons in front of whatever background we could get so that we could entertain you guys in the midst of it. It was really, really hard. There was a day that Mo was, was preaching and he, I mean, Mo was known for having about 500 takes to, to get through his sermon. And, and Mo, Mo uh, was preaching in the daytime and he finished his sermon at nighttime uh, on an outside sermon. And so it looked really funny on the screen because it was like, where did the light go? Um, it, that, I mean, that was a wall of impossibility. The, um, the, the, you know, the fire, it, it, was a, it was a wall of impossibility. How are we going to get through that? Even Jim, when you left, I mean, the, the, you, you're so loved around here that it kind of felt like, gosh, what's gonna, how are we going to do this? You know, uh, it's just one instead of two. And everyone loved both of us being in this position and that wall of impossibility. But, uh, but God just kept pressing us to go, go here. I'm here. And to go over here, I'm here. And that lesson um, of his faithfulness in the midst of the things that we felt like just we couldn't get past, it was just that that has, has continued to keep us um, excited about what is to come because God will continue to meet us in the walls of impossibility that we've got um, as a church and that we've got in our individual lives. Um, I asked Jim to share. I, I said, Jim, will you, will you give us a little bit of teaching on past and future? Um, and and, and what, is, what is scripture saying about past and future? And how can we learn a little bit from that? So give us a little bit more from that. Yeah. And I'll, before I do, go off script for like two seconds. Um, 
now being in the role that I am and looking back at all the years of pastoring, uh, I can see very clearly how if you Google America's most stressful jobs, which you feel free to do that, you'll see pastor lands in the top 10 on almost every <laughs> list. And to be honest, usually in the top five or the top three. And so I just, I want to honor my friend here. Um, and I, I really want to make sure that you all understand, not only has this guy led in the midst of uh, just being a pastor, he's done it in a pandemic. He's done it when his co-pastor left. He's done it when his house burnt down. And so I hope that uh, as you think about your life here as a church, be a friend of this guy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Love, yeah. love him well. Because hmm. uh, he, he has led well. So Thanks. God bless you, friend. Yeah. Um, I, I want to give you. Um, I want to give you just like less than five minutes on a thought around past and future, how it relates to um, what the Scripture says about it. And here's what I want to say: your present and your future will highly depend on do you remember what God has done. And let me let me say it again, maybe in a different way. Remembering what God has done in your past may be the key in your present and in your future. If you look at the Old Testament, where people get out of whack and things go wrong is when they forget. When they forget the faithfulness of God, when they forget where they've been, they forget how God has rescued them, that's when they get in trouble. That's when we get self-destructive. That's when we go down paths that harm ourselves. Like, it's just, it's actually kind of hilarious. You read the Old Testament, it's just like this. They forget and they're in big trouble. Oh, and then they have this kind of remembrance and then they forget and they get in big trouble. And so it's this constant battle in the scripture of like, will we remember, will we remember the faithfulness of God in our lives? And can't we still relate to that today? I mean, eventually they started like naming their kids after this just to try to remember. In fact, uh, in the Old Testament, there's a Hebrew word, zakar, right? It's just real simple, zakar that um, it just means to remember. And in fact, if you add an ayah to the end, Zechariah to the end, you get the word to remember the Lord. And so they would name their kids Zechariah as a way to remember. And so you see in the scripture all the way through, Bill read one earlier that has that word, Zechar, yeah. in it. Let me share with you uh, one from Exodus chapter 13. You see this kind of language all throughout the scripture. Exodus 13, Moses said to the people, remember, Zakar, remember this day on which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, because the Lord brought you out from there by strength of hand. Remember where you came from and remember that God rescued you. And what I love about this passage is the emphasis isn't on the fact that they were slaves in Egypt. The emphasis is on the rescuing. The emphasis is on what God did and how he rescued you. We can look back at our past and easily, all of us have horrible stories to tell. Trust me, 20 some years of pastoring, I know we've all got big time hard things that we're dealing with. And if we focus on those in a certain light, we can become victims. There's probably nothing worse for your present or your future than having, being a victim, right? Y'all know somebody who goes through life as a victim and that's not to minimize the things that have happened to us. But when you look at the scripture, the emphasis in looking back is always on the rescuing nature of God, that God 
with his strong hand has pulled us out. So today, friends, as you think about your present and your future, are you thinking about maybe where God somehow at some point rescued you? Uh, a friend of mine this week, I brought my flip chart, y'all. Um, I own this one now. I bought it. <laughs> I really did. I don't use one. I bought one. <laughs> if you want to borrow it, let okay, me know. I'll borrow it. Just yeah. cost yeah. you. Um, so a friend of mine this week put me onto a book that I thought was so interesting. It's called The Gap and the Gain. And it goes so in line with this idea, like we've got our present, we've got our future, we've got our past. And as you think about where you're at, you know, we're right here. Where do we usually focus? We usually focus on what we're not, right? This is who we are, but we often are thinking about what we're not. Man, I just, I wish I had done this in my job or I could get there and I'm here and I'm so far off. Or I wish I was closer to God, but dang it, I wake up every morning and I can't actually remember to pray. Or I wish I was this kind of person for my kids, but I've got some kind of like habitual sin or something in my life I can't get rid of. And so I'm here and I wish I was here. And especially here in this culture, we are tremendous at focusing on the gap. This is where I wish I was, but this is where I am today. We can do that as a church. 10 years later and we still have curtain walls. What's the matter with us? Why don't we have real walls in this building done yet? We focus on the gap, and that can discourage us so quickly. For some of us, maybe it gets you motivated. Use that part of it. But for a lot of us, we look and we go, damn, I'm just never going to be there. What if we did with the scripture, what if we did a zakar? What if we remembered the faithfulness of God in our lives and we looked back at our lives and instead of just focusing on the gap from where we want to go, we looked instead at the gain. Man, I was an absolute mess. But look where God's brought me. Yeah, I still got a long ways to go. But if God keeps up his track record, I might have a shot. As a church, yeah, we got curtain walls still 10 years later. You know what we had 10 years ago? 10 people in a basement with no money. <laughs> I was like two days away from not having health insurance. Yeah. Look at the faithfulness of God. Look at the gain. Guys, that word Zakar, remember, my, my prayer today is not only as a church, but as individuals, we look at our lives and go, yeah, we got a long ways to go, but look what the Lord has done. And if he keeps doing like he's done and he's shown he's faithful, look out future, okay? Mm -hmm. That's good, thanks, Jim. Get off here for a second. All right, let me focus a little bit on the present, okay? Let's go back to Isaiah 43. It says this. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path to the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse and army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They're extinguished, quenched like a wick. At this point, Isaiah is talking about, he's looking at the Israelite people and he's saying, remember way back, remember back in, in Egypt, Remember when Pharaoh let you guys go and, and then he decided to change his mind and go after you guys? And, and remember when you got to the Red Sea and remember what I did at the Red Sea? 
Remember when I parted those waters and you guys got to walk on dry land and then the waters covered the guys in the chariots? Do you remember that? He says, I want you to remember that. Remember that. But then look at what he says. The very next thing he says, do not remember the former things. (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 what? Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it's springing forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me. The jackals and the ostriches, I will give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself so that they might declare my praise. Did he just contradict himself? Remember what I did? Don't remember. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, he's saying, we need to remember and we need to forget. I want you to remember my faithfulness, but here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to think that's exactly what's going to happen again exactly that way. Don't make it turn it into a formula. Don't, make, don't go back and go, gosh, God, if this is the way you did it here with this person, this is the way you got to do it again for me. He's going, no. Remember my faithfulness, but now forget exactly how it went because I'm doing a new thing. See, God is looking at us and he's saying, if you only remember the way it was, if that's all you do, you'll never see the way it is. He's saying, this is the day the Lord has made. The word to rejoice and be glad in today. He's, he's saying, you are a new creation the old is gone and the new has come and I did some great things and I want, you to be, I want you to remain faithful and I want you to recognize my faithfulness in those things. But now today I'm doing a new thing. Jesus, he saw this and Jesus, Jesus reinforced all this. He says, man, don't be worried about tomorrow. I need you to be engaged today, present and engaged. It's important to do both. Think about it like a cell phone, you guys. When you, when, you, when you put your cell phone next to its charger at night and you forget to plug it in, which happens to me all the time, the next morning when you wake up, well, it was right there next to it. Don't I get credit for it charging? No. It's, it was present, but it needs to be engaged. And, and Jesus is going, man, I needed to be, to be present and engaged for today. You guys know what that's like when you're going off on vacation, you're present. But if you're thinking about something that's going on at work, you're not engaged. You know, you, know, you always have that friend, maybe it's you, that's in a conversation and you're present, but are you engaged in the conversation? See, Jesus not only said, come on, don't worry about tomorrow, be present and engaged today, but then he modeled it. Every time that there was something that was going on, he was right there engaged while his, uh, while his friends were saying, no, no, you've got other things you've got to be thinking about, and he's engaged. When that blind man came up to him, the disciples are going, he doesn't have time for you. He's getting ready for this. And Jesus goes, no, I'm present and I'm engaged. You kids, you guys, did you guys know that the kids came to Jesus and the adults that were around them were saying to them, you guys stay away because he's got more important things to do. But Jesus was present and engaged. And he says, man, all of you need to come to me like these little kids are coming to me. He was present and he was engaged. He's going, man, I am doing a new thing. And I want you guys to be, I don't want you to miss your today because of your yesterdays or because of your tomorrows. And I think about that in light of our church too, you guys. We could be, we could look back 
and say, gosh, I wish it was like it was before. We could do that. In fact, when I had Jim come up here, Chris and I sat and talked, Chris Lagerdus and I sat and talked about it. And Chris said, aren't you worried that if Jim comes back up, that people will go, gosh, I wish it was like that again. And I'm going, man, that's the exact point. That that God was so faithful through a really, really good pastor in Jim. He was faithful for seven years. And he wants us to remember that. But he's saying, now I'm doing a new thing. And are we ready to see what I'm doing today? You can look ahead and say, gosh, I can't wait for all this construction to be gone and and the kids can be back in their rooms and oh, for the day, for the day. And, and, And yes, we have a lot of hope for that day. But God's saying, I'm doing a new thing right now, today, in this moment. You know how much... Kaylee and Terry can't wait to get those kids' classrooms going in the new place. But we've been talking about for the last few weeks, what does God have in store today while we're waiting for that? How do we live in the today? You guys, my hope and prayer for us as a church is that we will look back with great, great appreciation and thankfulness for God's, God's favor and God's blessing and God's, and God's faithfulness. I hope that we look forward with great joy in what God is going to do, with great confidence in the hope that God's God's got. And I hope that today we will even learn from all that and say, man, impossibilities, he's going to give us away. Man, whatever is going to happen, God's God's still got us. And God is doing a new thing in it. And you're all getting to be a part of that the new thing that God is doing today. His mercies are new every morning. His grace is for today. Not tomorrow, his grace is for today. And then tomorrow, his grace will be for today again. But his, his, his mercies are new today for you and me. When you're thinking of your own life, 80, 10, 10. Remember how faithful he, he has been. Have great hope in what you have next for you. And today, know that he is doing a new thing on your heart and my heart today and in the heart of this church today. Man, we gotta, we gotta walk with a great confidence and thankfulness for that. Father, I pray that, oh no, actually, I'm gonna stop praying, Lord, because I want Jim to come up and pray because uh, <laughs> it's one more time that he gets to do this. So, <laughs> sorry. Trying to steal my prayer yes, from you. Yes, yes, you pray you know, for us. <laughs> Uh, Lord, there's two things I'm totally convinced of. Number one is you're going to lead ascent uh, into the future. Totally convinced, Lord. And uh, I'm also convinced it's not going to be where we think. Uh, you just have a habit, Lord, of taking us somewhere uh, that we didn't expect. And wow, that's good. Uh, thank you for not being limited by our little imaginations. Pray, Lord, that you would move this church, inspire this church, Uh, put in the hearts of Ascent this desire to take risks. And when we take a risk, Lord, that you're going to be right there holding us in that faith. Uh, And so, God, we're so grateful for the last 10 years. We look back with huge gratitude and the stories and the people. uh, And we look forward, God, uh, to the coming time. And we want to live right now in the present, love this city well, and invite people to a life in Christ. And so thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, we all pray together and say, 
Amen. Amen. Hey, 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 let's thank this guy, you guys. Come on. Come on. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you.